Our special guest today is Coach Matt Sheeks, an accomplished triathlete with several wins at national multi-sports events. Matt is also my coach and is here today to discuss strength training and injury prevention. Welcome, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be on the Undertrained Underdogs program. <laughs> awesome. Oh, wait, it's ultra running underdogs? Oh, right. my gosh, I think I'm in the... There's how, how, you, how can that. you guys get away with that title? You you guys are not training enough for that title. <laughs> well, with your tips, that'll change. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So today we're going to talk about should runners and triathletes strength train and what the scientific evidence is for that. Um, so we might want to start out with a little bit about why, uh, a little bit about me and why you should listen to me. So, um, I was uh, a really good uh, cyclist in high school, 14-minute um, 5K runner in college, a 29-minute 10K runner um, for University of Portland. Then I transitioned to triathlon. Um, I was a pro triathlete, had several top 10 finishes at Ironman events in the pro field, uh, and also cool. duathlon and the national championships in duathlon. So over that time period, I got injured a lot. And that's probably the most important takeaway is that I've had, um, practically speaking, uh, every injury in the book. And that's aside from stress fractures. So I have, I have not had a stress fracture, so I cannot resonate with people on that. But I've had really bad shin splints, so that has to count for something. But any sort of tendonitis that you can think of, uh, any muscle strain, guarantee I've gone through it. And, um, one of the things that we want to address when we're talking about strength training today is, um, is there evidence that strength training will help you recover from an injury or help you prevent injuries? Okay. So the way that I like to approach this is by talking about, okay, well, I went kind of went through this system of endurance sports throughout my life, first a cyclist, then a runner, then a triathlete. And I accumulated a bunch of knowledge, right? Um, I have what I consider to be best practices in strength training and the reasons why I do it. Um, but a lot of that is just kind of knowledge that I've accumulated from various coaches over the years. And um, sometimes you don't 100% know if you could verify uh, all of those practices and things that endurance athletes do scientifically. And so every time I give this talk, I like to go back and look at scientific studies and look at, you know, what I can verify through scientific um, results, you know, through through human trials and so forth. Um, obviously, strength training is going to be a human trial. I'm just probably picking up the lingo from COVID there. Um, but it is nice to go back and confirm through some studies uh, to verify the things that you've been doing, obviously. Um, but at the same token, there's, you want to have a little bit of latitude, I think, because a lot of times, um, kind of the elite sport are, are somewhat ahead of the curve, uh, from the science. And then the scientists are like, well, people are obviously doing this. I should go study it and see why it works. And they kind of already have a hunch that it does. Um, and so a lot of times in endurance sports, running triathlon, uh, you do have the scenario where, um, the coaches, and the athletes are going to be doing one thing. And sometimes the science seems like it's one step behind. Right. Um, so we don't want to fully rely on just some studies because those can also get upended occasionally and you can get conflicting results. Um, but it is nice to look at and to verify the things that you're doing. Right. Okay. So we've yeah. all been told that we've all been told to strength train. 
you know, that it's good for us. And uh, the primary two reasons that are given are one for strength improvements and two for injury prevention, like we're talking about. And so we're instructed that we should do it for those two primary reasons, right? But then on the endurance athlete side, there are um, probably two primary uh, negatives that circulate in the endurance sports community about maybe why we should not do it. Uh, and that would be, uh, it will add weight. You know, I don't, mm. I do not want to bulk up or it could be that it's just unnecessary and that you should just run more, ride more, uh, swim more, ski more, whatever, whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. That's been my strategy in the past. So, uh, so like I say, I like, I like to start out with some of my assumptions and like why I've been told the strength train in the past. So I'm just going to jump into kind of the, the meat of the talk at this point, um, so the first thing would be to, to str use strength train in order to strengthen and reactivate the glute muscles, which support the knee and ankle through the plant phase of the running. And so if, if you're like me, you know, and most runners fall into this category where they do have some overpronation, mm -hmm. uh, if your glutes get too weak, it's actually your glutes that support your knee more than like the VMO muscle does. Um, and so if those get weak, it stands a reason that you're, you're, um, uh, you're going to have some collapsing of the ankle and the knee and some internal rotation. And that could do bad things like cause you to have tendonitis or it band syndrome, um, things like that generally. So when I'm prioritizing a lift, I really prioritize those, um, uh, multi-joint kind of like, um, like a hip extension exercise. Uh, and for endurance athletes, we're talking like your, your lunges, your step-ups, uh, your single leg squats. Those are of vital importance because you really target, you know, the glute medius, glute maximus, uh, in those exercises. And then a lot of the exercises that I give in a strength workout are, are kind of nice, but not necessary. And they're kind of supportive, uh, in nature. Um, and they do play a role, but they're probably not as important as those really hard, uh, leg exercises that we like to, to think of as, you know, being, being fairly tough. So I will kind of anchor a workout around, um, those hard leg exercises. Cause I, I know that, you know, if my athletes are anything like me and most runners do have some pronation, they're going to need, um, to include those, those exercises. Okay. Uh, so that's assumption number one. Number two, number two, uh, these are in no particular order strength train to increase testosterone production. Okay. Mm. And, uh, if you're watching this, there's a good blog series by Shane Nymeyer, uh, on the training peaks blog. And, uh, he discusses some of the benefits. So he, he has a little statement on, um, on testosterone production. So he says, um, aerobic endurance training alone leads to muscle degradation and reduced power output as a result of the predominantly catabolic environment, uh, created through endurance training alone. It's been shown that endurance athletes have higher levels of cortisol and other catabolic agents and reduced levels of testosterone. Conversely, it's been demonstrated that the addition of strength training in conjunction with endurance training reduces the amount of cortisol and increases the amount of testosterone and other anabolic hormones 
thereby blunting the catabolic effect and promoting recovery while retaining muscle mass and force production capabilities. Okay, and then he cites another study from Kramer that's uh, a really interesting study. I won't get into it a whole lot. Um, but that's a really nice perk or benefit of strength training is that, you know, you, you are kind of like the things that you do when you're a triathlete, you're kind of like fighting yourself. Like a, in some ways the swim can take away from your, your run and, um, you're always training for three sports. So it's limiting, uh, your recovery in one of, in one of the three, cause you're training for the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to get something that is, um, like he says, blunting the, the negative effects of one of the types of training by doing strength training. Right. Um, but with triathletes, one thing that I I do like to do is I'm not going to have them go and do like, um, two rep max clean and jerk or deadlift or even squats, you know, like I'm going to assume that they're working so hard in the, their primary sport that I'm going to still have them lift hard, but I'm going to walk it back a little bit from like those really difficult, um, Olympic lifts. And I'm not going to have them do those because they're, they are probably not like if their form is perfect, they're probably not prepared to lift super heavy loads with all the, um, fatigue that their muscles are under on a, on a constant basis. So that's one thing I will say about the structure is that I'm not trying to give people the hardest lifts on earth. Um, and so they'll still be challenging, but generally ones that people aren't going to hurt themselves doing the whole point. Like one of the big points of strength training is to reduce injury. And so you don't want to get injured in the gym. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing is for strength training variety. So, um, I have not not checked this one against a scientific study yet, but, um, I do remember that this was studied, um, at one point and it showed that, uh, athletes that have very similar training day to day, uh, do not perform as well as athletes that have variety in their training. And that would be, um, both long and short mixing up the duration on certain days, but also the intensity of the workouts and probably also the type of workout. Um, so a lot of times when I'm constructing a a training program, I'm trying to do, um, a similar movement, a similar exercise, but I try to change things up and make things slightly different. So in the context of, um, in the context of strength training, like I do like the step up exercise, but I have one that is kind of like a reverse step up. You could also call it, um, single leg squat off a box. So it's a very similar exercise to a step up, but just slightly different. You know, it's gonna, it's gonna hit you different. It's gonna challenge you different. Um, that one in particular takes more stabilization. Um, than just your standard step up. So that's another um, good thing to be thinking about. Um, another one that I, I had questions about, honestly, but is proving to be true. One of my assumptions is that you strength train to improve muscle imbalances from one side of the body to another. Uh, and so Tim Noakes has verified that this is a real thing that strength imbalances is generally bad. And then I just verified this with a, um, a report on um, soccer players. And it turns out that, um, soccer players with large strength imbalances from, uh, one leg to the other had, uh, certain problems in, in various performance tests that they were running in the studies. Um, so it seems to be the case that you should try to, 
um, balance out your, your strength imbalances that you have, uh, with your strength training protocol. So that might mean that you do, you know, one, one more set on the weak leg, uh, when you're doing strength mm -hmm. training. Right. And um, how would you find those imbalances? Do you need to go to an expert or is there an easy way to d discover if you have a strength imbalance? Yeah, I mean, it would probably be hard to detect on your own. Um, you could do it just with certain like one limb lifts, right? Mm, but I assume yeah. that they are highly skilled and they have a slightly better um, tool set when they're actually running these studies. But I think it's fair to say that, you know, you could probably know that there's a problem on one side if a problem keeps coming up or something just doesn't feel right. Um, so one big concept in coaching and training philosophy is sport specificity. And so I just assume that, um, your best strength exercises would be the ones that most closely mimic your sport. And one thing that I have noticed is that a lot of high performing, um, endurance athletes in any one particular sport even cycling, so cycling, running, triathlon, they actually included a phase which was more like a sport-specific phase in their periodization. Um, and those tended to be like very high-performing athletes. And so when I'm saying that, I'm thinking of Arthur Lydiard's crew. Uh, they did their hill bounding in New Zealand. Uh, Chris Boardman did his little micro intervals, his little micro sprints that he would do. Um, Graham Obrey, the world hour record holder also had a, um, you know, it would, it would be during a bike ride, but it was, it's, it would essentially be a, a strength workout on the bike. Mm. Um, so anyway, that's kind of a caveat, but what I'm getting at is, is for the runner, since this is the undertrained, uh, underdogs podcast, I'm sorry, ultra, ultra running, ultra underdogs. running. I keep, I keep getting that wrong for some reason. I don't know why it's because I keep seeing 25 mile weeks from you guys. And <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's true at the moment, you know, so this has been a bad year for, uh, for ultra running. <laughs> I'm just giving you guys a bad time. Um, yeah. so my, my assumption is that plyometrics is one of the best strength, uh, training types for running. Okay. And the reason for that is that it's not entirely just based on, um, force. It's also based on, um, the speed of contraction. You know, you have to get your, your foot off the ground really quickly. Obviously you have to do that in running and then your one legged plyometrics are probably the best. And so I kind of have like the, the runner triathlete, um, junior, junior varsity quote unquote, um, uh, plyometric program that I do on stairs. And the reason that, that that is nice is that you're, you're practicing. Um, it's very difficult to hop up the stairs on, on one foot and especially to skip a stair, but you don't have to deal with coming down. Right. So you, you have, uh, minimized your risk, um, from gravity, uh, by going uphill while you're doing the plyos. Um, and so it's not quite as much impact on the way down, but they're still really hard. Um, okay. So another thing for, uh, your typical endurance athlete, um, that is one of my assumptions that I've always operated by challenge yourself with some lateral movements. Uh, and the reason for that is that we, we spend a lot of time, 
moving just in one plane of motion. And so it seems to make sense going back to the training variety argument that um, you might be fairly weak and unstable if you were challenged to move laterally and you should just kind of have that skill set athletically. Um, and so if you can do some exercises, like some lateral plyos, like a, a power step, it's called the lateral power step, um, sideways lunges, you know, things like that. Um, then you're, you're kind of minimizing your risk there. Okay. So here's a fun one for you guys. Um, a lot of the initial gains you get in strength training is not due to an actual strength gain it's due to neurological improvements it's due to improvements between uh the how the brain fires and communicates with the muscles through the nervous system um i was told this years ago and um i got a little i got a some some part way through the uh through the the research on this and uh this does appear to be a real thing and i have a super long quote but i think i i think i've discussed it um enough that there just is this neural adaptation that occurs and so what's happening when you're strength training is you're you're teaching your body um some sort of new challenging movement and then uh, you recognize improvements really quickly and it's not necessarily like the the size of the muscle fiber that's getting bigger or really an out and out strength gain but you're just getting better at that particular exercise uh, and then also what happens is your, your, your brain's coordination with your muscles, it figures out how to, how to activate the correct muscle groups, um, and a higher number of, uh, of motor units. And that's also going to, to show you a strength gain, like you'd actually be lifting more, but, um, it might be debatable that the muscle itself is like, is, is changed fundamentally. Um, so for the triathlete and runner, uh, I always say you don't have to go fast during a strength workout. So you're, you want to challenge, um, strength during strength workouts, endurance during endurance workouts. So there's not really a need to have to rush through the workout in order to keep your heart rate up. You can go fast if you're in a rush, you know, like literally in a rush, like you need to get done. Um, but. I assume a, a, a triathlete is tired enough that they don't need to be rushing through the, through their strength workouts. They can take their time so they can really focus on getting the maximum amount of force into their workouts in the gym. Um, and a lot of the studies that I did research seem to indicate that you, you can't just lift like, um, you know, um, given it 70%, like you do have to lift pretty hard to recognize, um, like a lot of the performance benefits. I think if we're talking, uh, injury prevention, you know, it's not going to take as much of an effort, but if you want to get, um, an actual improvement, uh, as an endurance athlete in your times, you got to lift pretty hard and you got to do your plyos pretty hard. You know, you can't, you can't be given an 80%. Like you got to be really working to get up your last few reps. If you have read my coaching guide on my website, I kind of have my continuum where I have um, speed and strength on one side and endurance on on the other side. And it's just a, a linear uh, sort of relationship. And the, the stuff that feels the hardest is in the middle, you know, so it's fairly long and it's really fast. 
Um, and during your base training, which is, you know, the, like the bulk of, your, of every season, you're really focusing on, on strength as an isolated thing as on, uh, speed skills, um, or leg speed or arm speed as a separate thing. And then you're working on endurance as a separate thing. And then once you are, are getting closer to your races, you want to bring those together. And so, um, Joe Friel has a, has a triangle, uh, to represent that relationship. I, I just have a linear relationship, but it's basically explaining the same concept. Um, you know, and that's, that philosophy is present in gymnastics as much as it is in endurance sports, right? You start with simple, uh, activities and then you start blending them together to create something very complicated. But running is still pretty simple at the end of the day, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, so how did my assumptions fare? Um, so if we're talking injury prevention, you guys will like this one. So uh, according to Joe Friel, he says that strength uh, training reduces injury. Um, and that's based on a, a meta-research study that, uh, that he cited in the Triathletes Training Bible. Um, I forget what the percentages were or the, the sample size on that one, um, by contrast, and this is also from Joe Friel stretching was not found to reduce the, the risk of injury at all. So when it comes down to things that we yeah. hold by tradition, strength training, uh, seems to fare better, um, by the evidence than stretching. Um, one study that uh, was a really good one, this is the one that I was alluding to that you guys would like, was um, strength training reduced acute hamstring tears from 8% to 1% in the University of Nebraska football team. And it also reduced the recurrence of hamstring tears from 32% to zero. Oh, okay. wow. So that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so that's on the injury prevention side. You know, I, I probably need to beef this up a little bit uh, in the future. Uh, performance improvements. So when you when you look at these studies, it's always easier to show an improvement on time to exhaustion than an absolute improvement. And um, I guess when I'm saying an absolute improvement, I mean like an improvement in your 5K time. Like I went from 1404 to 1355. Um, it's harder to show that second one than just I I could go longer. Right. Um, so, so for performance improvements, um, strength training was, um, uh, there was a 5% increase in economy of running and 21% increase in run to exhaustion trials after an eight week, an eight week strength program, um, in one study. And so again, that's the, the run to exhaustion. Um, you, you'll see big improvements in that number in, in scientific studies, um, because it is always easier to improve in your endurance than it is like your, like your, your absolute, like your time in, in an event. Um, yeah. so then in another one that did measure like 5k times, there's a 3% improvement in 5k times and an 8% improvement in running economy after a nine week plyometric and explosive strength regimen. Okay. So that was the study that seemed to cite that you need to be going really hard with your strength training to get benefits from it. Um, and then other benefits that you might not think of is that um, it, according to Friel, it increases, uh, strength training can increase your fatigue resistance later on in a race. 
it increases your bone density. And then we talked about the reduction of cortisol production and increase in anabolic hormones already. Um, so if you're going off these studies, strength training is starting to look pretty good, especially for the endurance athlete. Well, uh, Matt, thanks for coming. And, but before we wrap up, um, I'd like to hear a little bit about your coaching service. Um, how can, how can people find you? I'm almost completely full, um, for my coaching services. So, um, probably by the time people watch this, you know, I might be, I might be full. I might not be. So it's something to think about. You can find me on trithios.com, uh, for, to, if you want to take a look at my coaching. So that's T-R-I-T-H-E-O-S.com. Well, I think this is a take. Um, I think we're almost out of time for this episode. Um, thank you so much, Matt, for coming and sharing your wisdom and uh, hope to see you again soon.